0: Hi, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself?
1: I'm um, Carlos Cicasa. I'm one of the co-founders of Ansca Mobile, uh, and we make uh, the uh, Corona SDK.
0: Great. Uh, what's What's Corona about?
1: Uh, Corona, it's a framework that we built so that we can create rapid uh, applications, and um, it is based on the Lua programming language. And uh, Lua, it's uh, pretty much has become the de facto standard. Uh, for a lot of uh, uh, well-known third-party games and also for companies like EA and Tap Tapless and, um, you know, companies like Angry Birds. Um, Architecturally, we're not different than they are in terms of using Lua, right? Uh, But uh, since I don't know how they do things internally, but uh, with us, we're pretty much also... Not just a Lua component that you know gets bundled in, into C++ or Objective C or or Java in DK for Android, yeah. but we actually are fully you know hardware rendering engine as well. So we take advantage of the OpenGL GPU and uh, uh, do most of our animation and uh, and everything else that we can through the OpenGL pipeline.
0: Yeah. So for the audience out there, then um, for smaller game developers, they would use the Corona. SDK if they want to make a cross-platform mobile game
1: yes uh, it's very and, easy to yes yeah, iPad absolutely. Too. Okay. yeah. yeah it's, it's very easy to pick up uh, very easy if you have a, a knowledge on PHP JavaScript ActionScript uh, even some of the html5 knowledge uh, it's very easy to pick up our framework and uh, and create um, some amazing games. Also, because we uh, incorporated that Box2D engine into the framework, and we wrapped it around our own framework, it's very easy to actually create uh, physical bodies that you know collide and do all kinds of things with gravity, friction, and and everything else in a, in a fewer amount of lines of code that you can. Yeah, you
0: know? I've been interviewing um, various developers who've used Corona, and a lot of them have said uh, great things about them. Can you mention some of the games that? Have been developed on Corona that maybe other listeners have heard about.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, no. I think uh, on June fifteenth, the world came to know this fourteen-year-old kid named Robert Ney, who actually built Bubble Ball, which uh, they throw an Angry Birds uh, holiday from the top one spot on the Apple App Store. I think that's like right now, like everybody knows. <laughs> You know, the, the funny thing everybody knows about the 14 year old kid who did this game um called Bubble Ball. Uh, and he actually credited us uh by for using Corona. Uh that's the most famous game that we have. The sec- you know, we have other ones uh uh that are very popular. Uh one of them is called Float. Yeah. Uh Robot Ninety Nine, uh Garden of Orbs. Uh there's one that just came out that was pretty pretty uh awesome that I like a lot. Uh yeah. It's called Parrot Blast, yeah. and 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 some of the things that we're seeing out there. Oh, Blocky, uh, Blocky! It's a uh, you know the old kids' game for blocks. Okay. Uh, that one actually hit number one a uh, couple of uh, weeks ago, and um, we have a whole bunch of educational software that has you know been number one in 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 Turkey and outside of the States and it's been on the top charts here in the uh, US for quite a number of weeks
0: Yeah, on your site now you even say I think that over 10 million installs have happened uh, for apps that have used Corona, so I mean that's yeah. that's pretty impressive so I think, uh, you know, congratulations to you guys for doing that, I just wanted thank to mention you. that for the audience yeah. out
1: there oh, Well thank you, <laughs> I, I and mean, actually it, it is within the last three months and I think that Bubble, bubble Ball kind of pulled us out there, I think you know uh so we're very we're very happy about that
0: (laughs) now a lot of these games are physics games do you focus on promoting or um can can developers use your tool to develop other types of games Um, like for example mmos or stuff that require a network or back end or some other types of non-physics type mechanics
1: Yes, actually, not only can you create games that are, don't have any physics, but also create applications as well. Uh, we are actually uh, saw a company use Corona to create a guitar application. Uh, it's called ESP, ESP Guitar App, yeah. and it was done by a company called uh, Brain Mask out in Orlando, California, and they um, use uh, Corona to... Uh, create the entire, you know, it's kind of like a regular application, but they use the Corona audio engine to create a tuner for the guitar. You know? Okay.
0: Yeah. And so have you yeah. been seeing a lot more of that where people use your tool to develop actual applications?
1: Yes, we are seeing a pro- proliferation of that. Um, there's a couple of other companies out there that have been using it to, to create their, their, you know, what, what we, call, we call those infomercial apps.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: to well, promote their, their their businesses and also you know services. The Museum of, of Modern Art I think in uh, Orlando, Florida uses uh, Corona to create their museum app so it updates uh, via the web and it shows you what all the current events are for the uh, for the museum. Uh,
0: now why would why would these companies use your tool versus something like AppCelerator or even Objective-C? Can you talk about the development times Oh, that uh, developers are seeing um, using your tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when it comes to Objective C, some a lot of the folks that we get um, that provide us a lot of the feedback, they said it that's, uh it's it's you know uh, I I'll, well, I'll give you a concrete example. One of our first developers, which was um, uh, these folks in Orlando uh, who did the uh, the museum app, they had spent roughly about couple of weeks trying to learn and understand Objective-C and they were in like chapter nine of the book and they couldn't even get some graphics up on the <laughs> stage. Yeah. And they took our code and one line of code, you know, so they went display dot new image, give it the image name and the X and the Y and it automatically appeared in front of them. And they were like, oh my God, this reads like English, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really media. And then uh, that's the kind of feedback that we get from people. And actually, lately, we actually have gotten some Objective-C programmers that are switching over to use Corona because we bundled a lot of the stuff already. You know, we prepackage it's the framework that we have is already prepackaged. So um and each game is it's it's um because each game is separate, right? There's a lot of times you cannot on pre uh existing code, you cannot reuse a lot of the I mean there's a lot there's certain things that you can reuse, like if you had a different um uh, clothing and, and stuff like that you could reuse. But like for logic, the game logic always changes between different games, right? So there's not much that you can reuse there. And everybody goes through the same problem, trying to link in box 3 the trying to link in this, trying to link in that. Whereas they come in, they use Corona, everything is in there already. So they can focus rather on gameplay than all the intricacies of trying to connect all the different things. And even though you've done it over and over again, but always you missed, a switch here, a switch there. So that's the kind of feedback that we get even from Objective-C programmers.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know? I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that Corona actually can reduce development time by a factor of 100, you know, 10 or 100 times. So that's pretty awesome. Now, yeah. what's the difference between, say, using... Why would a developer use Corona over Unity?
1: Um, well, mostly because we're a 2D engine and Unity is a 3D engine. Okay. Um, they're a fantastic 3D engine, um, but also doing 3D is a lot harder than doing 2D. Uh, for if you really want to use 3D engine and actually get it out to create a really compelling game, it actually takes a studio of three to five people to actually get something, you know, uh, you know, uh, impressive out there, yeah. right? Where with Corona and, and using 2D, well, <laughs> of course I have plugged in Corona, but on a <laughs> 2D application, right? You know, you could have one designer and one engineer. Or developer, basically, you know, writing code, and then designer, you know, doing all the assets. So it's a lot much smaller, smaller team, and sometimes it could be the same. You know, designer but could be the same developer. Yeah. Um, you know, again, today it's a lot easier than the 3D, but uh, some of the stuff that is done in Unity, you know, in terms of games and and and, and what they have is is very impressive too.
0: Yeah. And and for for the smaller developers, they can actually use 2D and simulate 3D by using isometric or something else like that. It's not comp- truly 3D, but at least it gives that viewpoint for the player. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um now why would uh, I mean, what is the pers- what's your perspective then on um Flash versus <laughs> Flash for mobile, or using something like Corona. I mean, now I think what Flash is doing is they're allowing developers to um, use Flash and ActionScript to now deploy things onto mobile devices. So, what would be the benefit of using Corona versus
1: Flash? Uh, I speed. We outperform Flash like you have no idea. Um, it's uh, I think for Hello World in Flash, it's about eight megabytes on Hello World on Corona. Um, at one point, it was only 400k. Um, yeah. With the physics engine, it's about 800k, and, and now with with uh, with universal support, it's like uh, 1.8 megabytes, if I remember correctly. Uh, okay. You know, so that's for Hello World, and in Hello World, in in, in Flash, <laughs> it's about 8 megabytes. And performance. I mean, it, it, we have a built-in physics engine. Flash doesn't have a built-in, so you have to add all that stuff in there. Yeah. And because it's a closed system, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't get access as easily as to like Game Center, Open Find and all those things out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and it seems like, uh, Coronas actually, they have, you have like daily builds or, you know, weekly builds for constantly updating or adding new features, which I think is different than how Flash.
1: Yeah. We, places. yeah, we, we have a daily build uh, for our subscribers and we actually also have a, uh, You know, bug fixes so that they can actually submit bugs and track bugs. And about two days ago, I think we turned on a specific uh, Twitter feed to let our people know what bugs got fixed or they, you know, and whether the daily build has succeeded or not. And they can actually, you know, uh, see exactly what's going on with our, our, um, you know, build processes and what bugs are being fixed. And, you know, they can pick up a, a build. Uh, they can submit a bug, and then they can see when it got fixed, and they can pick up the drop and you know they can try it out right there and if it fixed it great if it didn't fix it, we go back and try to see why it didn't fix it but uh it's been a phenomenal response from our from our community you know.
0: and yeah let's let's talk about your community. It seems like you have a very active community in fact, you have a section where you have shared code, which I think really expedites. And makes it so much easier to make some, you know, compelling games. So, for example, you have something like the director class, which mm-hmm. conceptually for a lot of developers makes it so much easier to just make um, puzzle games or physics games. Yeah. In fact, I think Bubble Ball used that. So that's that's something contributed by someone else in the community to right. uh, for everyone else to use. So can yeah. you talk about the community and the benefits that a potential developer can find um, just interacting with your community?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, um, just the, uh, one of the things that we have been uh, ding-dong was because uh, we haven't had an, the OAuth tools to be able to communicate with Twitter because, you know, uh, Twitter changed some parameters, and uh, we have been really busy trying to get an update going out here. Yeah. But, but one of the one of our members basically, um, um, you know, downloaded the code from the code exchange, and then he fixed it, and he put it out there, and it now works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... It's a huge benefit for our community because people can come into our forums and uh, I try to be as, as very active as possible, except from you know, writing code or you know, sucked down in meetings. <laughs> sure. Uh, or, or, you know, trying to answer some of our, our customers' questions and, you know, trying to understand what, what their pain points are so that we can ameliorate a lot of that stuff moving forward. Yeah. But um, in, the, in terms of the community there's some guys out there that are, you know they they you know you are you can put code out there and then somebody says no you need to change this this that and the other and then our our code exchange our code exchange um you know people have submitted uh, asynchronous http the director class um somebody else had done another class and you know there were a couple of things that we we fixed in corona and then somebody else came in and then they they took that, that class and added a lot of fixes to even fix, you know, uh, uh, bugs that, that were creeping up and and stuff like that. Um, one of the guys that was uh, called me up and he's like, how can I help? And I said, you know, I really need help in uh, creating a weather application and also a stock application. And before you know it, it was up on the code exchange, you yeah. know. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it, go, go, go ahead. Oh, so. yeah.
0: Well, what I was going to say is, yeah, there's there's a lot of. Uh, useful code there um like you yeah. said asynchronous http there's also animation code so that you can run sprite animations really quickly um yeah you know I, yeah go ahead yeah.
1: no and and uh they, they keep posting stuff up there sometimes they send me the code to preview and and then see what i think about it and i just basically turn around say, so just put it up on the code exchange and you'll be surprised and amazed what people can do with it you know yeah because that was the thing that actually surprised me and Walter, my co founder, when we were first starting at Corona, we put it in the hands of people that can actually make it dance and we still we still get apps and we look at them like that was done in Corona. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you talk about the audience um I mean, is is it mostly a hobbyist community, or are you seeing now professional developers or bigger oh, studios no, using your tools?
1: You know, we do the whole gamut. Like I was saying, there was a company out in in, in, uh, in oh, Florida yeah. that, was, that did this guitar app. So we go from there all the way to the mom and pop shops, all the way to now studios actually using it. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, I have to share something with you. It's that the funny thing is, like we ask our, you know, we don't we don't track sales of Corona or anything like that because once you submit it up to the app store. Yeah. Is between you and the corresponding app stores. You know, even if you had anything else that 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 you attaching it, we don't even ask people to put credits either that it was done in Corona. But a, a lot of people, you know, they love the community and the the, the uh, and everything that we've done. They actually do write in in the app, you know, done with Corona SDK, and and we're very happy about that. But what's interesting also is that. Um, we we are now seeing a big number of uh, advertising agencies that are actually uh, that had used that traditional been flash agencies to create apps and and, and oh, yeah. <laughs> now turning over to Corona, and also the the other the other upshot of that is that some of these big name houses that I can't even disclose, <laughs> they submit applications to the app store so and they cannot tell us that they are made in, in Corona just because they have a contract with their their. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> <their> clients <laughs> sure you know,
0: and um and, oh go ahead go ahead
1: oh sorry and then the other thing that i was gonna, so we we run the whole gamut we run from the mom and pop shows to like the you know the five ten people um studios and advertising agencies and whatnot and also our and our, our, our audience is global um you okay. know we go from the states all the way to asia you know and, and throughout the entire world and uh It's it's really interesting when you wake up in the morning here in California and you get up and there's like uh, 17 emails directed to you because, (laughs) you know, somebody in Italy or somebody in Japan or somebody in Australia, you know, they want to show you a game or they have an issue with this or they, oh, you know, when are you going to be here? Because we definitely want to put together a Corona meetup group. Uh, So it's becoming, you know, quite in in not just, you know, local regions, but also, you know, throughout the world, you know.
0: And and so for the audience out there, the platforms once again that you target are Android, iPhone, and iPad. So that's correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, it pretty much tablets, you know, iOS and Android devices. Yeah. You know. Are you thinking about uh tackling other platforms? Uh that's a very good question. And uh we take a look very hard at what platforms are out there and uh we we give it traction before we make a decision. Um and uh we looked really hard at Microsoft Windows. Uh, we looked really hard at some of the other ones that are coming out there, but uh, we still have yet to, to see traction on those devices. Um, it's still an amazing world out there when it comes to Apple versus the rest of the, the world. world. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and and you know it costs a lot of money to port to a new platform. Um, even if your code is as, as much cross compatible as you want it to be, but it take it takes quite an effort to actually get it out there, and the the effort is not just importing the code; it's also the support cost that goes with it, and and the infrastructure in order to be able to set something up like that. You know.
0: Yeah, and where do you see the market going in you know 12 to 24 months? Um, do you see sh- everything shifting towards Android now? I mean, do you feel that iPhone iOS is still going to be very powerful? And have a huge base compared to Android. Um, um, you know,
1: yeah, that's actually a very interesting. Actually, um, we get that question a lot. And um, one thing that you have to understand is that uh, being we are in the heart of Silicon Valley. <laughs> Yeah. We, we've been doing this since 2000, actually, I've been involved in mobile since 2003, but actually started officially working in mobile in 2004. This is when it was prehistoric. <laughs> you know, I think the only store available out there was uh, none. Um, Symbian was considered like the great operating system and the great development tools, which are really prehistoric when you come to think about it, <laughs> you know, you look at the iPhone and what the iPhone has to offer. But you just need to go outside of Silicon Valley and realize that the world is still um, dominated by Apple's juggernaut, right? Yeah. And um, so we can sit here and we can talk to the full hour about why Apple has the dominance. (laughs) And this is not about Apple. And and again, but the question was, what about, you know, the the landscape within the next 24 months, right? I think Apple will continue to dominate, right? Yeah. I think some of the new, uh, device, uh, new OS's, mobile OS's coming out there, like HP Palm actually has, a, I think, has a huge potential to capitalize on the marketplace right now. Um, and the reason I say that is because unlike Android, which is very fragmented, you don't, you know, people can pick up Android and they can start forking it. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a device that costs $99 versus an $800 Zoom device right, there's really no differentiation between those two devices, right, outside of the the <laughs> valley. <laughs> and what I mean by the valley, I mean, like, you know, when you look at the tech specs, you know, you, you, the average user that is using it to do iPhone, uh, sorry, to do email, you know, uh, search, you know, yeah, the exactly. web, they don't really care whether, you know, like, they're, they're going to be like, well, I'm going to pay $100 for a Zoom when I can actually get like a Arcos for like $149. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, don't you feel that's going to undersell the iPad now? I mean, because what what's well, going to prevent people to be like, you know, what? Why pay five hundred dollars for an iPad when I can get uh, now they have these Android tablets for two hundred dollars or you know right. something else like that? So
1: and that actually, you know, and the reason why I can say that is because it, what what that is doing is, is it's 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 the the audience for the Android is not the same audience for 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 the iPhone, right? It's the iPhone is the is it's is the BMW of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: But device. not that many
1: people have yeah. BMWs, by the way. Exactly, right? <laughs> so. But those who do will want to have that, right? Okay. And you always have to understand that people always clamor clamor to have something that, you know, they always, like, oh, I always want to have a BMW, right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but, but what I think is going to happen is you're always going to have that. That That is something that never is going to go away, right? You know, that uh, exactly what you said, it's going to eat away into somebody else's market segment, right? Yeah. But the issue is that Apple... In, it's in a mode by it's on a you know island by itself, whereas Motorola, Samsung, and all these other Android companies have to fend off against each other. Yeah. Right. So, Apple can easily sit back and watch this fight on you know fi- you see all these other companies fighting for for shelf space amongst themselves before they can even turn and gun against Apple.
0: Yeah, but for the developers out there who are looking to, you know, run a successful mobile game studio, should they even consider Apple now? Or should they just focus on Android? Because whoever dukes it out, fine, you're right, there might be Motorola wins or whoever else. But in the end, if it's more devices that are on Android, and it's a lot more people who, who have a tablet, but, um, you know, just a bigger audience than, I, than iPad, then is that the place to target?
1: Well, that actually is a very good question. And the answer for that is which one you can monetize the best, yeah. right? And and that's the struggle that we come across to because, you know, there's a sheer volume of, of devices out there versus how do you monetize, right? Yeah. And I think that's where, that's our next big challenge here in, in at Anska is, uh, is not only elucidating our customer base about like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure there is going to be 200 million, you know, Android devices out there pretty soon, but how can how can we make it so that you can monetize because the men, the mental mindset of the android uh uh <laughs> culture right now is you you can't really monetize right you know uh, <laughs> and uh you know on uh and we have here stories about you know people making you know i, I think it was a 5 500 per app in the I, ios versus you know Sixteen dollars on, yeah. on Android devices, right?
0: But but that's also changing now. You know, you hear that Angry Birds is now actually their revenue on Android is on par with iPhone.
1: Um, yeah, but but how many of those independent developers can you know? But you have to remember, you have to remember two things. I, I and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just sure. saying you have to remember two things. The juggernaut of Angry Birds started on the iPhone, right? So it's yeah, not it crossed over to the Android device. For a developer, for an indie developer that doesn't have the, the the phenomenal that Angry Bird has, right? You yeah. still, you know, where where are you gonna, you know? That that is a fine line to understand, right? Yeah. And yes, Angry Bird does have making money, but you know, you say, you know, everybody wants to clone Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, if you hear somebody write a game called you know X Y Z and it's on the Android, you know, and they don't have the money, and the dollars behind Angry Birds, right? You know, yeah. and they got there being in in the in the best in in one of the most ecological um, uh, ecosystems out there, and I'm sorry, ecological, but one of the best ecosystems out there on, on the Apple device, right? And I I partially think that that's where Hewlett Packard has to, uh, has a a good chance of coming in because they they control everything, right? They control from the device all the way down to the store, the the developer tools, and I think that. Um, you know, That's... some of the things that I read where they're actually going to start bundling WebOS in some of their laptops. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal, you know, idea. And they have 85% shelf space out there.
0: Yeah. So so you're really bullish then on this WebOS and, and the tablets they're going to have.
1: Yeah, I, I think that they're. I think they're going to be doing pretty good. I think Android is not going to go anywhere. So I, I don't want. I don't want people to walk away that I'm thinking I'm, I'm negative. Android. I'm just oh, yeah. you know. All I'm saying is that being able to monetize on that is it's something that yeah. we want to ed- educate and 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 see how we can make it so that you can monetize with Corona. And we are offering a lot of plans too with uh, with uh, with with us, right? So if you have an app, yeah. we we are helping out people do co marketing, put in on our PR, trying to get the word out there um because that's part of also monetization right you know you yeah. just do an app it's like okay let's do an app and let's how to monetize it right
0: well yeah let's let's talk about monetization i think some of the challenges with corona is that um at least on the android device it's hard to place ads and some other things um can yeah. you talk about the future of what uh corona is going to offer in terms of developers uh being able to monetize their app better in terms of either in-app purchases or ads or something else
1: yeah, so um, right now we're actually making a big push to get uh, a new version of Android out there. Uh, it's going to be an uh, Arm seven version of Android, specifically targeted for the Arm seven chipset. Uh, we're dropping support for two point one and below, yeah. and uh, some of our early testers have shown fifty uh, percent significance uh, improvement, both in overall gameplay speed of the of Corona and everything else. So we're really hard at work at that, and the next phase. Um, that we're going to do, there's going to be two phases. One of them is going to be um, enhance our graphics system much better so that we can provide you know, shaders and pixels and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, rendering uh, primitives that we want to add into Corona. And at the same time, we're going to uh, start adding more monetization features, exactly what you said. We're going to be pairing up with, uh, with a content provider uh, for ads, uh, also for uh, uh, in-app purchases, and also for um, other forms of uh, monetization via, um, you know, rewards programs and, and a couple of other things that, that exist out there. In order to be able to maximize the developer's potential, in order to be able to maximize their revenue stream through ma- m- different options, rather than just going by one here, one there, and you know, yeah. and And which is one of the things that we have learned uh, through Corona, listening to a lot of our developers, and not just Corona developers, but also developers that are actually, you know, outside of our ecosystem, you know, their biggest struggle is how to monetize. And I think that one of the best options with Corona is that we can give you, you know, a one-click push button, and you automatically will be include this here, include that, include, you know, and, and you can maximize your potential for monetization. Did that make sense?
0: Yeah. And um, you know one of the other issues with Corona in terms of Android is um, some of the support for stuff like photo gallery, back Mm -hmm. button, and loading screen on Android. Um, Is there any timeline on when those things might be in the release? Yeah. Um, So hopefully we have
1: that stuff ready to go in two weeks. Like I was just like I was saying, like when we were like fixing the Arm Seven support and dropping all these other uh, older devices, right? (laughs) <laughs> Part of that is actually fixing a lot of the bugs and a lot of the features that we don't have in there. So the idea here is to bring it up to party to iOS, right? Yeah.
0: Can you talk about then, um, for the audience out there, the roadmap for things that are going to come out? It sounds like you're having a new release coming up soon. Um, can you mention yeah. some of the features there?
1: Um, so yeah, on on, uh, on Android, we're going to basically, the main feature that everybody requests is asynchronous HTTP, so you can download things in the background. Yeah. Um, you know things like camera access and a couple of other things in there um, should be fixed and should work, um, should be in there. Uh, overall performance has been a penalty that we have been dinged on, and that is absolutely fixed by pretty much putting a stake in the ground and saying, no, supporting 2.1 and below, and we're going to switch to ARM 7 devices. Um, just to give you an idea, in one of our tests that we did on Prime Number, uh, testing went from 32,000 milliseconds to 1,700 milliseconds right wow, and that was that was just off the bat that we didn't even optimize the routine <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: well, what about the developers out there who are concerned that if you drop two point one and below, they're gonna miss out on the audience are
1: uh well, if you look at the current data from uh, Android i think sixty three percent of the um oh geez, hold on, um I think yeah, it's see, going up <laughs> yeah sixty three percent somebody correct me, but don't don't <laughs> I think it was sixty three percent of the people right now use two point two you yeah, know? and 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 you know when you when you do something like this, you know what? Uh, the reason we're doing this also is not because we're adding ARM seven support. I want to also clear this up that a lot of our customers are telling us, first of all, you know the new uh, smartphones out there from both iOS and Android, they're very fast. Yeah. Right. Some of the new ones out there, like, you know, even with the Zoom having this dual uh, dual core and uh, the new iPad that just came out having dual core, you can throw more things up in there. I think um, our latest test that we had, uh, one of our test samples that we did, and we compared the old iPad to the new iPad, it was showing a 4 to 1 increase in graphics uh, 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 items that we could have on screen. Okay. <laughs> nice. We're all moving around. So what's happening is, is because of the graphics power, the, the both both, you know, power in the GPU and the CPU, and the fact that you can have more items up floating on the screen at the same time. Our own users have told us, please make it so that, you know, uh, my app only runs on 4.0 or above devices, because what end up happening is. People download the uh, you know it's really cool game. It's really you know graphics are beautiful. Sound effects is outstanding, yeah. like garden of Orbs. And then they put it up on a, on a on a on a you know first generation iPhone, and then they're like, "This game sucks because you know you can't do this." And they give a bad, you know give it a one star rating or no star at all.
0: Yeah. What are the well What are the implications of just having Arm Seven support? What does that mean for developers who aren't you know really?
1: Means that you're gonna get full, you know, like super fast performance on like gotcha. right now, where we have to basically do a lot of a, uh, you know, uh, floating point units. Well, via are, yeah.
0: are are all two point two devices using Arm seven or, or is I, it another chipset? Most of them
1: are. I think you know. I think it's more like ninety percent. And you have to understand my my high li- my half life cycle of numbers off of my head is very. Limited. Oh yeah, no,
0: that's fine. <laughs> Things are changing all the time in the mobile. <laughs> it changes
1: all the time, like you know.
0: Yeah, you know, um, since since you said you were uh. You know, you started in mobile uh, a while ago. What, what, where do you feel mobile is going? Um, and you know, what are, what's the opportunity for developers out there um, in terms of mobile, say versus web development versus social network
1: development, stuff like that? Oh, I think uh, mobile development. I think it's it's we're just scratching the surface, to be honest with you, because you know the life cycle of a new uh, the life I call it the life cycle of the the uh, of the shift paradigm it's about 10 years in order to become a standard and I think that we're in year one, I think we're actually on our third year right now wow <laughs> um, well think about it right when Netscape yeah. came out Netscape came out or sorry not Netscape but when the World Wide web phenomenon hit it was yeah. it, it, the first remnants was like around 92 93 that's when people started hearing this thing oh what is this thing called link link Link, links you know yeah when it took when it came in full force it was like around 95 96 right yeah, that's true and then by 2005, it, it's, you know, Facebook and all these other things were out there. So it's now a de facto standard. So it really took about 10 years, right? So in 2004, it, you know, uh, for me, it was kind of like, oh, this is just the very beginning. Yes, yeah, some things existed. Well, like kind of like the precursor to Netscape, which was called Mosaic or the, you know, uh, whatever Tim Berners-Lee called it up at CERN. Um, and then you know we it progresses it progresses and then the you know um, think of uh, the iPhone as Netscape right you know it's like oh my God you know they they, they took over the world because you know you know that the, there was no such thing as Netscape before so uh, now you can link all these pages and. And and then little by little, you know, things started to happen. And what we're seeing right now, if you remember Netscape coming out and then immediately, you know, following that, you had all these companies that were mobile, co- that were internet companies like Yahoo and AltaVista and all these other ones out there that were still amorphous, but there was no uh, clear sign leader. And then all of a sudden, you know, this shift happens, you know, in 2000, which was the dot bomb, yeah. <laughs> right? And I think we're going to actually... We might not hit something like that because I think a lot of people are smarter than that. But I think we're going to still go through that hump where, you know, all this hoopla, it's going to die pretty soon, right? Because right now everybody's <laughs> making a big deal of RIM and HP and, you know, Samsung yeah. and, and, and Motorola. But I think that we're going to have another, you know, uh, bump here. And and then, you know, we're seeing companies like Groupons, which are basically a mobile company because, you know, they don't need to have a full sales force people that go out there and you know, send you flyers. Everything is not happening through your mobile, right? So there, there's a example of a, of a social coupon system, right? Mm-hmm. Now, everybody talks to each other via uh, text messages, you know, Facebook updates, you know. That's the and shift started to happen. But the next thing that we are yet to see is how can then all these things that we have right now you know, in terms of not just on games, right? The games are going to become immersive. The games are going to get better because the chips are going to get better. But what's the next thing? Medical, you know, uh, we always keep hearing that in the background, right? And being able to access that very easy. Um, And the devices are becoming more and more, you know, um, because corporations are the last one to... uh, to Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, we're we're you know we're this type of a company, and we can't have anything like an like a like an iPad in here because it's hundred dollars, and, and everybody thinks of it as a as a as the fad. But I think that's going to go away, and people realize that you know, for certain tasks on your daily life, you don't really need to have a full keyboard. And I think that yeah. the tablets are going to be, you know, the future where you can communicate with your family, you can read the papers, you know. Everything that's happening right now, but I think it's going to become exponentially, you know, more data. Like the original Bill Gates idea, where you had data, you know, at your fingertips. It's going to be real data at your fingertips, and and things like, you know, when you walk from one place to another place, the data you can always carry with you. Data that you can assign to specific people, you know. Yeah, I, I hope I'm not rambling. <laughs> no,
0: no, that's great. I think I think that perspective is awesome. Um, you know, for for developers out there, though, do they? If, if things are going to shift to a tablet world, you know, in a mobile world, then what does, and the thing is, the iPad doesn't really support Flash at this point. Right. So what are so your... Use what, Corona. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do you feel then it's going to be kind of an app-centric world versus what it was um, in the 2000s where it's pretty much where you had Flash embedded in, in web pages and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to become, you know, there's always, you're always going to have both sides of that argument, right? And um, obviously, I want to tell you why I think apps is going to be better, because, you know, what you do is Corona. Yeah. But, you know, really think about it. And the reason is because there's certain things that you can do with an app that, yeah. you know, people will always feel very comfortable with, you know, as, for example, if I'm going to spend my time and my energy and my effort into creating a really kick, kick you know, really good game, right? I really want it to become, you know, tied to my device because, you know, I don't want people to right click and get my the sources out of it, you know, Yeah. which is, you know, some of the HTML, uh, H5, you know, it's all JavaScript and you have all this to yeah, but I can right click, copy everything, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's easy to clone, right? Now, that is not to say that piracy exists and people can clone, you know, because everybody can, you know, people can break into the Pentagon, but um, at least it gives you that, that you know, it, it. there are those things that you can and cannot do as an app versus web and everything like that. The biggest thing that for me is that I would like to see is, you know, this, uh, you know, consortium of people that are trying to work on HTML5 standards and web standards to actually, you know, um, really work together because, you know, and it's inevitable, right? You know, just like you have operating systems and you, just like you have tablets that are going to have this thing better than the other thing, you're going to have a, you know, dual core, quad core, quintuple core, and you're going to burn your legs and you hook with it. Um, <clears throat> you, you know, you're always going to have those people in there, right? And and I I happen to have worked on a, on a product, on technology that became part of the W3G standard. Uh, it was called SVG. Right? Yeah. Over at, at, when I had my tenure at Adobe. And, you know, there were like 30 people always, you know, telling how the spec should be, how the product should be. And, you know, by the time they finally got together and they agreed, Microsoft came out and said, no, this is not what we want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, whereas if it is an app, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You know, it's like, boom, done. I'm okay, next. <laughs> <Yeah>. And, <laughs> you know.
0: And where do you see the future then of mobile game development going? You know, a lot of, um, Like you mentioned, some of the successful apps uh, built on Corona are physics games. Um, Where do you see the future of mobile games? And yeah.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, it's really funny because, you know, part of being in this in this uh, uh, in the other side of the, you know, in the other side of the fence, I guess, is is (laughs) seeing. Not just what your developers are doing but also the technology that has being developed you know and, you know in the backyard here since we're in silly, you know yeah. uh, I, again I keep repeating this but you know of course everybody knows that we're here but we have an international audience and sometimes they don't you know they, they have to pinpoint um, it's the you know I think the next thing for gaming is going to be uh, you know real live uh, multiplayer support, you know, uh, that you can actually have, you know, a couple of, you know, people tied together down and and playing a game and simultaneously shooting each other and being able to drag a body and, and, uh, you know, show that not, not a body as in a body, but dragging an object around the screen, whether it's a, you know, a, a tank or a car or something. And, having it on another display, you know, uh, seeing that the, the, your enemy, quote unquote, you know, um, do that. I think, I think that the technology is getting to the point where you will be able to do this in real time. And, and that would be very, very cool to see, you know.
0: And, and so for the audience out there that, you know, wants to check out Corona and, you mm-hmm. know, see what they can do potentially create their own games. And, you know, I can speak from personal experience. You can probably get a game out in an hour or two in fact you guys have tutorials on oh, yeah. a physics game like you have really nice simple videos on making physics games in like eight or ten minutes um, yeah <laughs> so so that's good I just wanted to let the audience know where can the audience find out more information about your product and can you talk about the pricing and stuff like that how can um, yes so you know, be expected yeah
1: yeah so yeah um, you can go to our website it's www.anscapmobile.com
0: Okay, and that's a n uh, s c a m o b i l e dot com. Yes, great.
1: And they can do that, and then you can navigate in there into the Corona section and take a look at Corona. Uh, we have a we have an unlimited trial. That basically means you can download it, try it, uh, play with it, uh, write a couple of games if you want to, and then if you. Um, are ready to submit a game to the app store, that's when you basically purchase a license to be able to uh, develop for the, to submit the app to the app store. The trial version watermarks your application when you put it onto your device and you can't uh, put it up on the app store. And that's unlimited. You can do that for as long as you want. But uh, we have two versions of the product. Uh, We have an indie version, uh, which is uh, right now, it's just iOS. So, if you don't really care about programming for Android, you can purchase the the subscription of uh, Corona Indie iOS, which is one ninety nine a year. And the Pro version includes uh, iOS development and Android development for three forty nine a year. Okay. Right.
0: And and also then for the audience out there they don't need to really pay that until they're ready to, to publish their final version on each that, of these app stores, right?
1: That's correct. You can you know, pretty much just use it until you are ready to submit up to the app store. Yeah.
0: And also, you guys have support for an editor in both um, Windows and Mac. Because I think a while back it was just Mac only, but now you actually support yes. both Windows and Mac. I just so we to-
1: now support a, a Windows version. The Windows version is only Android, right? Yeah. But you can pretty much write your game... Our application on the Android and bring it over to the uh, Mac and submit to the you know build for the iPhone and it should work because our our platform is cross you know it it should work. (laughs) Okay,
0: um, great. Any other last words then for developers out there? Anything that (laughs) you suggest that they do?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, try it out. I mean, it's really easy to use. Uh, We had our uh, we have our first developer kitchen yesterday. Uh, We had a big turnout here in the offices. Um, we just, you know, uh, keep Corona, try, let us know how you like it, what we like to see. And, uh, you know, let us know your creation when you have it ready to publish. And, uh, in, and, and, and if our VP or marketing and a couple of other people here like it, you know, Hey, you may end up in a press release and push those numbers up, you know? Okay, cool. Thank you very much for your time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Have a okay. wonderful day. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.